Welcome to Meant for This with Caroline J. Sumlin, a podcast to help you live boldly, fight for the freedom you are worth, and do the redemptive work in this world that we are all called to do. Here, we deconstruct systems, thoughts, and ideas that have been holding us all back from being everything we are called to be by having tough conversations that intersect faith, self-worth, social justice, mental health, motherhood, careers, and more. The goal? Change the world. One conversation, one act of resistance, and one person at a time, starting with ourselves. Why? Because you are meant for this life that you have been called to. Hey everyone, welcome back to Meant For This. Thank you all for bearing with me as there was no episode the last couple of weeks, but you know what? That actually ties right in to the topic of this episode. And in fact, it's one of the one of the things that inspired this episode because listen, we all know the pressure to do it all. We all know it, we all deal with it. It is one of the unfortunate the one of the unfortunate just life things that we have to deal with being people of this generation, people of this day and age, people of the modern, what is this, 21st century, especially, you know, Western, Western world is the pressure to do it all, right? And for so long, we just have gone with it. We we've accepted it. We've accepted it as this is just our society, this is just what we do. It is what it is. And that's the majority of the things that we deal with. We've 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 dealt with, we deal with so many toxic ways of life and we have just chalked it up to our modern society. Like, yeah, we might know that some of these things are not that great. Some of these things are hurting us or damaging us, or there might be articles read, uh, written and you know podcast episodes, much like this one done talking about it, yada, yada, yada. But a lot of us still live in this mindset of just accepting that this is the product of modern society. This is the product of living in America. This is the product of capitalism, and it is what it is. But is this the kind of lifestyle and is this the kind of belief and is, is this the kind of, is this the kind of mental and emotional anxiety you would want future generations to endure? Or would you want to be able to say that not only did you work towards freeing yourself from some of these things as much as as much as possible within the allotted time we have being on this earth and within our generation and just how t- obviously it takes a lot of time to really make change to cultivate change but would you would you want to not only do that for yourself but also be able to say that you did your best to improve these things for the generations to come so that when you, if you are so fortunate to see your grandchildren and things of that nature, and you can see the world that they live in, you can you can see a difference. You can see a difference in how they live versus the way that we live. And I, I think I see it happening now already, right? I've, if you have been 
on TikTok or social media, um, Instagram, whatever. There's been a lot of reels or TikToks being done where there will be like a comparison of how the different generations respond to work calls, right? Like if it's a a boomer, they're like, oh, it's 4.59. Hmm, I wonder what's going on. It's about to be five o'clock, but it's okay. Dinner will be late, right? And then we've got the Gen Xers who are just kind of like, huh, it's 4.59, that's not on my schedule, but okay. And then they answer the Zoom call. And then we have the millennials that are like, oh my God, crap, I have to, crap, I gotta I gotta get myself together and answer this call because shoot, shoot, shoot. And let me make sure I let you guys know that my email's always available. That I feel like that's the older millennials and the younger millennials are kind of like, ugh, yeah, what's going on? What do you want? But they'll still answer the call, right? But then there's the Gen Zers that are like, um, it's five o'clock, I'm not at my computer right now, peace, right? Like they clearly... Gen Zers aren't playing like they're they're the ones that are like, we're not doing doing this anymore. But here's the thing, though. We see this generational change happening because each generation has had a little bit more of an awakening and has passed that awakening on to the next generation. And they're taking it and they're like, all right, this ain't this ain't gonna fly no more. And I, I really think the millennial generation is a generation that's really kind of I don't want to say paved the way, but I guess like lit the fire, lit the fire for igniting systemic change. And that's positive to see. It's positive to see. But we still have a a long, a long way to go. And I think we all know that. I think we know this is, I'm not telling you guys anything remarkable. I'm not telling you anything that you have never heard before, right? Um, As far as just understanding the realities of the world that we live in. This is all, none, none of this is new to you, right? But what I do want to talk to you guys about and what I what I have found that has helped me and the reason why that I'm doing the work that I'm doing, the reason why I have, I have shifted my content and writing my book is all about how this is, these, these toxic behaviors that we deal with as, as a society and as individuals stem from white supremacy and white supremacy culture. Because see, before, we just acknowledge that this was the way of life, right? Some, a lot of people will acknowledge, okay, well, it's society. But why though? And that's where I wanted to take things a step further. And that's where, that's where my work is coming in. That's where my book is coming in. Let's take it a step further and identify why is society the way that it is? To me, it's not good enough to just stop at this is it. Okay, great. This is it and we have to make a change. But can you really make a change if you don't get to the root of how it got to this point in the first place? Like I know I talk about roots a lot. I talk about how things are rooted in something. But this is this is a this is an analogy that I'm very passionate about because I look at our society, I look at white supremacy culture as this rotten tree. This rotten tree that has been allowed to grow and grow and grow. Because a rotten tree is still gonna grow. It's still going, it's still gonna get big, but it's rotten. But is is are you gonna cure the are you going to make this rotten tree better? Are you going to solve the problem or make it not rotten anymore by just cutting off a leaf? Nah. But how do we tend to approach fixing problems that we know are quote unquote society's fault? Hmm, I think I'll just try to cut off this branch and see what happens. Bruh, the new branch that grows is still going to be rotten. Because the root is rotten. You planted a rotten root. So if you don't literally uproot the entire tree and plant a new one, these problems will continue 
to fester and grow and spread. Even, even as we see small improvements generation to generation, these improvements are not dismantling the entire system to begin with. They are not actually uprooting the systemic problems, the systemic culture that was created and, 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 the, and the foundation was laid brick by brick and it was, it was created this way. So you, you literally cannot jump inside of a rotten system and hope to just make a little bit of change from the inside. Because if the system was built that way, it's built that way. It ain't going to stay that way until the building comes down, until the tree gets uprooted. And so we demolish altogether, clean up all the debris, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and make sure that, that the, that the, that the ground is, has been completely redone and, and all of the problems have been rooted out of it or just all, all of it before you even begin to build a new building or plant a new tree. You know what I'm saying? Because you still, even if you uproot the tree, you still got to do work to the, I got to check the soil. I got to make sure everything is, is, is all good. Where could this, where could this rottenness have spread? That, that's what I'm talking about, right? So it, it is going to do us so much good to dive deep and say, why? Why are, why is this a problem? How can I go all the way back down into the root? And, and effectively uproot this problem? And how can we do that collectively together as a society? And is it something that I have 100% the answer to? No, I really don't because I'm only one person. You know what I'm saying? But my job is to bring a deeper awareness to this that is like the first step in creating that change, especially within ourselves, because we 100% cannot work to uproot a rotten society if we don't uproot our own rottenness inside. You know what I'm saying? So we still have to do the work inside of ourselves. And, 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 and granted, if we wait till everything is perfect within, inside, with, within ourselves, if we wait until we're perfectly healed or perfectly dismantled, then nothing will happen because it's going to be an ongoing process. It's going to be a journey that will never be completed. But we still have to make progress within ourselves before we're able to effectively create change outside of ourselves, right? So I say all that to say that that's where my work is coming in. My work is helping you guys acknowledge and realize, okay, where is this coming from? How can I begin to do the work within myself? And how can I begin to, to aid in doing the work in society as a whole? So that things can, like the actual progress can be real progress, not fake progress, not cutting off a branch progress, but real getting to the root and uprooting the rotten trees progress, right? So let me backtrack for a second. Lately, I have been, as usual, honestly, I don't think I've ever not struggled with this, but struggling to do it all, as usual, like homeschooling, writing a book, but book, writing a book, <laughs> staying present online, homemaking, being a wife, and as much as, like, I listed off a couple of things, and when you list it off, it doesn't sound like all that bad, but it's been very difficult and I've really been struggling a lot as, and, and it's what I've been struggling with for my entire life. I used to do a lot because I thought I had to, 
now I find myself doing a lot because I don't feel like I have any other choice because systemically our society has placed all of our responsibilities on ourselves and has not created the type of society that actually helps one another and, and provides aid for parents, for women, for children, for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So unfortunately, my life has gone from thinking that I need to do everything in order to prove myself worth from wanting to rid myself of having to do everything, but literally not having a choice but to do everything. Like talk about your just hamster wheel, like, right? Like your fuster cluck of a hamster wheel. That That's pretty much what I feel like if I'm being real honest with you guys. And as much as I want to liberate myself from this, like I've mentioned, this, this gets to me. It gets to me the most. It, it seems impossible, almost impossible to free myself from having to do everything or feel in, 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 in a way there is that part of me that, that, well, it's like these things have been placed on me and I don't feel like I have a choice, but to do it all. There's still that pressure. There's still that pressure that I put on myself thinking that I have to keep everything running. I have to be the one to take on these burdens. These are these take on the burdens of my children, take on the burdens of my family, take on the burdens of my spouse, take on the burdens of myself, take on the burdens of my job, make sure that I'm doing everything prop like perfectly, right? Like, oh, if I'm not staying present online, then my book's not going to do well. And I have to make sure that, um, you know, the publishers know that I'm doing a good job. I don't want them to question whether or not they should have signed me. Like I'm literally putting all of these, all of these pressures on myself to be quote unquote perfect, as perfect as I can be, or as effective as I can be in every single area and thinking that, and then, then I, I get in the mindset of, well, I should be able to do this all. I should be able to do it because I'll look at so-and-so, Susie Q, who looks like she's doing it all, her Instagram, and she's up at five and she wrote two chapters of her book. And then she got breakfast ready by eight. And then her, you know, and then she was homeschooling by nine and everything was beautiful and lovely. And music was playing in the background, her stories. And in her day in the life, everything looks like Susie Q perfect. And then by five o'clock, she's ready to cook dinner. And she already worked a couple more hours because her kids perfectly played in their room for two hours and never bothered her. So she was able to magically come to her office and work and record a podcast episode and write a chapter of her book and, and send an email out all two hours how the hell she did that I'll never know and and she does it every single day and I'm over here like well what the hell is wrong with me where where did I go wrong and oh by the way she mentioned to also worship the Lord read her Bible tithe and milk a cow like the fuck are you serious <laughs> like what and I but the thing is even though that I'm saying this in a way where it sounds like Dang, like who can really do that like that? Obviously, like that sounds like a lot, but like this is legitimately what I see. I see it all the time. I'm like, oh, and I'm seeing it on social media. But not only that, this these are the expectations of society, especially Christian society. Christian society is like the biggest culprit. The big Christian culture, excuse me, is the biggest culprit of this terrible, toxic standard of being able to be the fucking Proverbs 31 woman, like, excuse my French, but no, like, yes, but no, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are just a few verses in the Bible. And while they mean well, and these are things to aspire to, 
that those verses right there, every time I read them, I send myself into an anxiety tailspin because I'm like, oh shit, I got to be waking up early. I got to be, you know, um, getting everything ready for the day. Da -da 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 -da. I got to be doing all these things. I got to make sure I'm doing my, getting the money right. I got to make sure I'm getting my investments right. I got to make sure I'm, I, I'm, my, my family's is, is never without. I got to make, I, I laugh at the fear of the future. Like what the, no, I don't laugh. At, I, I don't, I, I don't laugh at the future. I, I look at the future and while yes, of course I have peace from God. I'm also like, you know what? The way this world looking right now, I'm a little scared. I'm a lot scared. Let's be real. There's another shooting. There's another school shooting. There's another mall shooting. There's another this. My children that did it. I, you know what? I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking a little worried right now. I ain't, I ain't laughing when I look outside my window and I'm looking at the future. I'm not laughing right now. You know what I'm saying? But as a Christian woman, I'm reading these scriptures. I'm reading Titus two. I'm thinking, Oh snap. I gotta be I got to be this person. I got I to gotta wake up before the crack of dawn and I got to set everything out and I got to do everything that they said they had to do because a, and then look at all these other Christian women that are doing it and they, and they'll put on their little captions, Proverbs 31 woman, Titus two wife, da, 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 da. Look at all the things I'm doing. Let me document and let me, let me share with the world how perfect of a Christian I am. It's, it's terrible and it's toxic, but this is what we're up against. This is this when I say society, when I say culture has embedded and ingrained us in this, this great ingrained us in us. And that Christian culture is like the leading charge of the culprit right here. Like this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So while, yeah, in my mind, I know. All right. I don't I know that this is all BS. I know that this is coming from white supremacy culture. I know that it's coming from this culture, this society that we've created that says that we are individuals, we are responsible for our own destiny, everything is in our hands. If you screw up, it's on you. If you're if you succeed, it's all you and nobody needs to help you every man for themselves and if you're a Christian, you better do all that plus be a perfect biblical human being, right? I know that these things are toxic and I know that these things are are just deeply troubling. <laughs> That's just the same same word as toxic, whatever. But I know that these things are terrible. But does that mean that I can just easily snap my fingers and all of a sudden that pressure is off? Absolutely not. Every single day, every single day, I'm still wrestling with that pressure that has been so deeply embedded into my into my being, into my soul that. I almost feel like I got to just do life over again, like just be born again, but not in the spirit, but literally in the flesh, like come out of, of, of my, my biological mother's body to maybe have a fighting chance at freeing myself from this. That, that's how it, frustrating it can feel sometimes because it can really feel impossible between having so much to do and, and not having systemically not being able to have access to any support to the cultural standards and the cultural pressure, it literally feels like you are up against the 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 biggest current that you're just rowing upstream and there's no and you're just literally getting nowhere. There's and there's no way to fix it. That that's how it can feel. And I, I hope that I'm not the only one that feels this way. I hope that I'm saying all of this and it's resonating with you guys right now. Because otherwise, if not, I'm just talking for no reason. But we talk about this all coming from white supremacy culture. But how many of you all 
still kind of scratch your heads a little bit when you hear white supremacy culture and you're just not quite sure where the connection is. Like you get it, but you, you kind of get it, but you kind of don't. What does, and I, I was there too, you know, the, the question I would ask myself is what does a structural society or excuse me, a society that was structurally built to uphold white power have anything to do with the pressure I feel to do it all or the pressure I as a person feel to be perfect or the pressure I as a person have to, um, you know, climb the corporate ladder or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different characteristics of white supremacy culture. Some of them are very much like work related, right? Like perfectionism and, and, um, your value is only in what you produce and how much you produce, but not in the quality or the, excuse me, the quantity of what you produce, but not really the quality, um, things of that nature. And then there's aspects of white supremacy culture that are in like the beauty standards and those kinds of things. And, and, um, and whiteness being the standard in how we speak, how we, how we act, how we think, European culture mainly being the 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 uh, the culture and the ways of life that were placed on the pedestal of all the things to aspire to be to and if you're not that then you're trash um, sometimes it's hard to make the connection between between white supremacy itself and how white supremacy culture impacts us individually or what the connection is between between that and why I feel or you feel like you have to do it all and be it all. And if you're not, then you yourself have failed, right? So we know that with European colonization, um, that the entire goal with European colonization was to create a Christian world. Or if you don't know that, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. And I, I, I didn't know that for a while. I, I honestly, because of the way that we are taught these things in school, I internalized European colonization as the Europeans were the better humans. And so they rightfully took it upon themselves to conquer the world because... They were the ones that were smarter. They were the ones that were more civilized. They were the ones that more had more advancement, maybe in their technology or in their industrialization. And so it just made sense that they would be the ones to colonize the world so that everybody else could have access to what they brought to the table. That's the way it's taught in school. But the reality of it is that Europeans, predominantly being Christian, literally had documents and manifestos written that 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 stated their belief in it is our duty it is our moral duty to civilize and christianize the world and that everybody else in these other areas of the world that live in a more village cultural just different type of lifestyle than what they lived in Europe they're the ones that were barbaric. They're the ones that were heathenish. They were the ones that weren't Christian. They were ugly. They were insert, you know, insert a negative statement here about, about anyone that was, um, that was a darker hue and that lived in 
a part of the world that practiced different cultural traditions and things of that nature, right? So Africa, India, um, Americas with the indigenous people, etc. right? So that was the whole goal. The whole goal was, even though they weren't looking at it as white back then, there was still the idea of like, well, perhaps their skin color is darker because they are cursed or their skin color is darker because the climate, you know, because of climate theory and the sun made them that way. And as a result, they're dumb. Like there was all these different theories about, okay, well, they're inferior. Here's why we think so. We're superior. Here's why we think so. So because we're superior, it's our job to take over the world and make everyone like us. Long story short, right? Over time, with, 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 with that mentality and colonization and enslavement and the, and the Industrial Revolution and the creation of the, of the world as we know it today, the, the, the building of the society and the structures of the society created a culture that we now live in, which is white supremacy culture. Okay, that's a very short way to put it, but you'll read my book when it comes out and my book will go into in depth into how this has happened. That culture exhibits itself in various traits that we have now considered norms. Like I mentioned before, perfectionism, one of the main ones, right? But we also have binary thinking. Something's either right or wrong. There's either a right way or a wrong way to do it. And the right way is always that standard and that precedent has been set by white men. And everyone must do it their way because they said so. That's binary thinking. Objectivity, worship of the written word. So basically, if it's not... If it's not written, it didn't happen. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Um, that one's I'm not going to go into that one, but you know you'll we, we'll talk about more about that in different podcast episodes as well as you know you'll you'll learn more about that in my book. Um, quantity over quality, like I mentioned. So again, like how much can you produce? I mean, think about it. Like our food industry, for example, like we value the qua- the quantity of how much food is being produced over the quality of the food, which is why America is so sick. So, you know, that that's a big one. Power hoarding. We know that one. Fear of open conflict. You know, there's never a conflict. Just do what you're told and, and sit down and shut up. Right. Sense of urgency. Everything's everything is urgent. You need to answer my email right now. It can't wait. Like, no, but it can. It can wait. You don't have to call me at 5 p.m. Getting back to that that example from from TikTok. Like, no, it. I bet you I bet you this could wait till tomorrow at nine o'clock. I Guarantee you, it could wait. Um, the defensiveness, you can't, you can dish it, but you can't take it, right? You can't, you can never be called out and told when you're wrong. Progress is bigger, more. That's the only way to measure progress. How much more are you doing? How much bigger can you go? Paternalism, right to comfort, things like that. So these are all of the 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 the, the characteristics that we see that that have become our norm. The way we just live life, we have this. We have accepted these things as norms, yet they are mad toxic. Very, 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 very toxic. And as a result, a lot of these things, you can, under, you can already begin to see why we might have the pressure to do it all. Because if I'm over here thinking that not only do I have to be perfect, but that the more I do, the more productive I am, the more valuable I am, the more that I can do in a day, that means my that that's I that's where I get caught up. I didn't do that much today, therefore my day was a waste. I should I had I woke up at you know six thirty in the morning. I didn't go to bed till eleven o'clock at night. I should have been able to do a, a B C D E F G and H, but I only did A and B. So now I was a failure. My day was a waste. There was there was no value in that day, 
we had this mindset that the more we do, the better we are, the less we do, the less we are. And so it causes people to think that they can't rest, they can't take a break, they can't have a day where they don't have anything on their to-do list. You gotta keep doing something. Um, and and these are these are all systemic made up values that we can decide should no longer be values and we can work towards again dismantling these systems but this that's where the pressure to do it all comes from right because historically the society was created to put white men at the top and white men decided how our society should run that we need to do more that we need to build more that we need to get more money that we need to create more wealth that we need to create that we need to, you know, factorize everything. Everything needs to be done in a factory. Everything needs to be done to get more money, more money, more money. Because, you know, the, when when wealth was created, the stock market was created. When they when they first realized how much money they could make off of make off of um make off of the first uh, big American business, which was the cotton industry, the rest was history. The rest was history. You you combine that and the industrial revolution, the rest was history. So that's how we've created this culture. And again, this culture was created to give all the wealth and all the power to the white men who are making and calling all the shots and telling everybody else what to do and exploiting and exploiting enslaved people and black people and other people of color, indigenous people's bodies and minds and souls to for their own wealth and their own power and their own fortune. And it's still the story that we see today, right? So as a result, here we are struggling with this pressure to do it all. For who? For what? For, so insert rich white man here can keep getting rich? Nah, nah. It don't need to work like that anymore. We, 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 need, to, we need to dismantle that. We need to get rid of that. Um, you know, it's funny. I was going to go deeper into some historic things, but I'm not going to because I don't want to give it away. Okay. My book is going to cover this. I'm so excited. I'm the research I'm doing is just, uh, I could literally research and forget to write, to be honest with you guys. Um, but my book is going to help you make the connections between the different areas of our lives, your life and society and how each part of, of each corner of society and the way that each corner of society uniquely perpetuates white supremacy culture, how it has impacted us individually and collectively in our self-worth, right? Because of everything that I've mentioned and how we literally feel like our worth and our value lies in what we produce and who we are and what standards, and not in who we are, but excuse me, what we produce and what standards we can, we can, um, we were able to achieve. And if we're not able to achieve those standards and if we're not able to produce more and if we're, we aren't able to speak and look and sound and do the way that society has told us to do, then we're nothing. And it has a much deeper, profound impact on all of us than what we might realize but when you go deep and you realize just how just how personal it is to each of us just how generation after generation it has impacted us and has been passed down just why our parents say and do say and did the things that they said and did um do we what, how they were impacted by the same um toxic culture toxic society how it's embedded into our schools how it's embedded into of course like media and to entertainment all of these things um, economics, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So, but once we really are able to understand how it's everywhere, then, like I said before, we'll be able to we'll be able to do the work to begin to dismantle within ourselves, and then be able to advocate for the dismantling of 
you know, of all these systems in society as a whole. It's not easy work though. In fact, if anything, it's, it's a lot harder than I, than I ever anticipated. One of the things that I'm dealing with right now is that I've gained weight. I've gained weight and I've gained weight because I've chosen to stop following diet culture. I've chosen to stop being dairy free. I've chosen to stop being vegan. I've chosen to eat foods that are rich in nutrients and protein and get my animal proteins in and, and my egg yolks and my milk and, and my bone broth. And those things are also gonna, you know, if you haven't been eating like that ever, and you've been kind of eating bird food, um, you know, you're gonna gain weight. And I'm so used to being a smaller person and I'm bigger than I used to be. And it's hard to look at and it's hard to, hard to love a body that I've never loved. I, I struggled to love it when I was smaller. Um, I always found flaws to pick at. I always felt like I was bigger than what I really was. But now that I am bigger, it's really messing with me and it sucks. But I know that I have to go through this process because this is part of the dismantling of white supremacy culture in my own in my own mind, in my own, in my own life. I have to break up with the belief that to be thinner, that to be slender, that to be to, to be chiseled and to be lean is more beautiful than to be a fuller woman that has curves, that is voluptuous and that has more energy and is more vibrant than the one, than the version of me that was literally withering away, but I was smaller, but I was, I had no energy and my health was on the fritz. Like, but it's a constant thing that I'm wrestling with and constantly reminding myself of this every time I look in a mirror and I have days where I feel really bad about myself or days where I want to go back and revert to what I know and what's comfortable because the truth is we've gotten comfortable with white supremacy culture. It's our norm and what's normal is what's comfortable. But just because it's normal and it's quote unquote comfortable doesn't mean that it's good for us, doesn't mean that it's right and doesn't mean that it is not slowly killing us all because I firmly believe it is slowly killing us all, okay? Whew, all right, I, that episode went in a completely different direction than what I was expecting, but I'm glad that you all are here. Thank you for joining. If you want to continue the conversation, please join my Patreon. There's information in the show notes. Come on over to Instagram. Let's also continue the conversation over there. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Meant for This. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If you love what you heard today, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to hear from you. If you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of today's episode was by taking a screenshot of you listening to the show, sharing it to your Instagram stories, and tagging me so I can see it and connect with you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I'll see you next time.